0: Welcome to the Weekly sprawl. You are tuned into episode 49. Today we have some NFL news. We're going to talk about Jamal Adams being traded to the Seahawks. We're going to talk training camp, as well as some players deciding that they want to opt out of any such thing, as well as Alex Smith being cleared. And then we're going to wrap things up with our top five receivers and who we each think is in that top five, respectively. But first and foremost, my name is Cyrus, and I have my co-hosts, Matthew Durgan and Casey Sully, with me today. How are you fellas doing? Doing great. You know, sun's out, and it feels like summer, even though we can only
1: sort of go outside and do things. But, uh, you know, having a blast doing those few things that
2: we can do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, baseball's on, so I feel like actually summer a little bit. I actually went outside on Friday to a social distancing bar event. It's a bar, it was social distancing, outdoors, and it was great. Felt normal for three hours before I put my mask back on and back to reality, but it felt good.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah, and we got basketball coming up too uh, mm-hmm. Thursday, so that's exciting. Yeah. Things are, sport in the sports world, we're kind of, you know slowly getting things back to not normal but the new normal for a little while so Mm -hmm. it'll be good to have some sports on television and uh you know we're all excited of course here at the weekly spiral for the nfl coming back um let's dive right into it and hit things off with jamal adams the big news of the week being traded to the seahawks for what can only be described as a treasure chest of picks um what do you guys think about this durigan we'll start with you yeah so I think it's a good
2: turn for both teams. This is one of the rare cases where it truly makes sense on both sides. Uh, for the Jets, you gain two first round picks for a guy who clearly did not want to be there. Uh, Jamal Adams is a hell of a player, don't get me wrong, but two first round picks for a defensive back, that's huge. Uh, and also, their GM, Joe Douglas, is low key a really good GM, uh, or has promising chances to be a good GM. He didn't hire Adam Gase. So you can't blame him for that catastrophe. And I think he's going to slowly kind of build this team up. Sam Darnold seems like a good player. Uh, they drafted Quinn Williams last year, who's who knows how he's going to be. And then they got the big left tackle, uh, Makai Becton. So they're slowly getting there. And then for the Seahawks, they need players who are good besides Russell Wilson. I don't think this necessarily changes their Super Bowl outlook all that much. I Maybe mean, it doesn't prove it, but not to the degree that they think it is. Uh, but the Seahawks are a really bad team at drafting their first round. So their first round picks don't hold the same value as it might to different teams. So I think it makes sense. And Jamal Adams is going to be the captain of that defense for the next decade.
1: Uh I mean, I disagree with most of the things that you said. Oh, I, I, love, I, think, it. I love it. <laughs> I, think, I think Jamal Adams is a fantastic player.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I, um, he's not a bad player. I, I, didn't, I didn't see he was bad. No, I know.
0: I, I'm that's, the one thing, I'm that's the my one way. thing he agrees on. <laughs> Following take. And yeah. then the rest, he's going to kind of bash you. So there, there we go. You know, Casey, yeah. go for it.
1: I, I, I just think it's an absurd amount for a defensive back who's not mm-hmm. going to be super impactful for a team. I mean, you look at what the Rams did recently, trading their firsts away. How much of an impact did Jalen Ramsey have? And he's maybe the best corner yeah. in the entire league. Not a whole lot. It's nice. It's fantastic. But two firsts and a third and your starting safety from last year, I just don't see you know, how much that's going to improve your defense. Granted, when the, the Seahawks were at their peak, they had Earl Thomas around there, uh, ranging around, and that sort of made everything go. And Jamal Adams might be able to to do that, but they don't have Richard Sherman on that team. They don't have the linebacking core that they used to have, uh, and they really don't have any pass rush either. So when you look at the Seahawks, they're more than just a safety away from really, really being able to to compete. They still have holes. You're not going to fix any of your holes on the offensive line. You're not going to get an edge rusher. Uh, You're not going to get someone to replace some of those linebackers that are starting to age. You're not going to get another corner. So this is sort of what you have, and this is what you're rolling with, and you're saying, hey, Russell Wilson, go score enough points uh, to keep us alive. But I, I just don't see the overall value and the return on the investment that you're expecting to get when you trade away two first-round picks, despite not hitting on your first-round picks for a couple of years. They're super valuable. And for a guy that's not you know, touching the ball every play, it just seems like too much for me. We didn't yeah. disagree that much.
2: I thought you I we were like going to totally disagree. I was. We were pretty on the same page. So you don't think that the Seahawks are going to be like all of a sudden the best team in the you no know, NFL, but we just think differently on the impact Adams will have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's an even or a good trade that's yeah. beneficial for. I think the Jets, considering Jamal Adams was like throwing a fit and yeah. saying on Twitter that he wanted out, the fact that the Jets got two firsts and a third and a safety to replace him is
0: kind of insane Mm -hmm. yeah and we talked about this you know back back when the the news came out that jamal adams just basically had enough and wants out of new york we discussed this and i remember we all kind of agreed it wasn't going to happen unless a team came along and made an absurd offer and lo and behold the seahawks came along and this is something that i consider to be an absurd offer you know casey touched on all of it i agree wholeheartedly the seahawks are not a safety away in any sense. I mean, that defense is is a shell of what the uh, Legion of Boom was, and we talked yeah. about it before. I think we called it the Legion of Poop or Boop. Boop, it was just some Boop, Boop. Yeah. Boop. It might as well be the Legion of Poop, to be honest. I mean, look, <laughs> the the reality of this is, honestly, the kind of what went through my mind when I saw this, this makes the Steelers trading for Minka Fitzpatrick look like an absolute steal. Oh, yes, for sure. That deal for one first-round pick, I mean, Jamal Adams... If he's better than Minka Fitzpatrick, it's marginal in my in my, you know, eyes. So uh, that that deal looks tremendous. The Steelers are cheering in their locker room that they got Minka for nothing compared to what this deal is. And the Jets, Joe Douglas, my guy, former Eagles uh, director of player personnel. This was a big move and I think he won this hands down. The Seahawks, yes, they draft poorly, but there's those are still assets and mm-hmm. they gave up a lot of assets for one player who you're going to have to re-sign to a fat contract. I mean, there's a reason he wanted out of New York, and it wasn't just because he didn't like New York. It was because they didn't want to pay him what he felt he was worth. So not only do you give up all these assets, you're going to have to use a large portion of your salary cap on a safety, and you don't have any of those rookie contracts moving forward with that first-round talent. You know, So this has bigger implications than just the trade itself. I think this will hinder the Seahawks, and it is going to put Russell Wilson in the position that he's really always been in where yep. he has to put the team on his back and carry them. And he's done it well. But at yep. some point, you know, if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm looking at this like, guys, like, come on. You know, at some point, give me the tools, the offensive line, the weapons. Yes, you got DK Metcalf. They lucked out. That was a third round pick. You know, they lucked out. He looks like a legit receiver. But at some point, I, I'm Russell Wilson. I'm getting a little frustrated. You know, your window's closing. He's no, he's no, He's on the back end of his career at this point, I would say. Um, so I don't know. I don't like the trade for the Seahawks. I think Joe Douglas took the Seahawks lunch money and the Jets have, um, a lot of picks which they can use to rebuild and they're definitely doing that. And, you know, the big question for me with the Jets is, is, um, Gase part of that rebuild and I wouldn't want him to be personally, but you know, that's a whole nother conversation. Anyways, um, let's, let's discuss the next topic here. Training camp, officially on in uh, 2021. 2021? No, officially on in 2020. Yeah, What year is it? Time has no meaning. I don't even know. (laughs) Um, Time's a flat circle. But we have some players opting out as well, and uh, that could have some implications. Might might even become a trend that we see. What what do we think about this? Yeah, so
2: so training camp uh, officially on. Last Thursday or Friday, they, I mean, NFL, I'm shocked actually agreed to what the players wanted in terms of testing. So that was a huge first step. But essentially, it's the future salary cap could be affected if the league's revenue is heavily affected by all this. It is one of those to-be-determined things. So I think that's going to affect a lot of teams who are trying to be start p- uh, paying big-time players in 2021 and beyond and teams that are veteran-heavy. Uh, but that's more of a future issue, I would say. In terms of opting out, uh, this morning, I mean, the whole Patriots roster seems like we're opting out slowly <laughs> but surely. Uh, there's been a few more players. Uh, some No no superstars, I would say, quite yet, but some good ones uh, who are opting out. And I, I am, I guess, a little surprised uh, for some of them because I feel like the NFL camps might be one of the safer places to be at, honestly, in terms of you're getting tested all the time. In the first two weeks, you're getting tested every day. and After that, it's going to be every other day. But if you have a pre-existing illness, like I know Cannon, the right tackle for the Patriots who opted out, uh, had cancer a few years back. Like, okay, yeah, that totally makes sense. Another guy had respiratory issues, uh, Michael Pierce, of the Vikings. Okay, once again, makes sense totally. And then Marquise Goodwin, who just had a newborn kid after years and years of uh, miscarriages. And if you haven't seen that story, great East 60 documentary about him and his family, he's uh, opting out because he has a newborn child and doesn't want to take any chances. Like that, I completely understand. I mean, you got to do what you got to do with best for you and your family. Uh, But some of these guys, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, if you don't have one of those two things, you're still getting paid a little bit, but I don't know. Something's a little fishy in my eyes. (laughs) Something's
1: up. Your spidey senses are tingling that Belichick is, is up to no good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, something interesting about the Patriots, I mean, all those guys, number one, they have money. They're not harding for money. They all mm-hmm. have a ring. So if there's, like, anything sort of for them that's pulling them away, like, they're they're not a guy that's like, oh, this is my chance to get a ring or I need to work for this next contract, this is a contract year, I'm a young guy, whatever. All these guys are pretty well solidified in that organization and have a ring, have the success. They're not really dying for any particular thing uh, checkbox to mark so to speak um and there's another the i forget his name the one of the tackles for uh, the chiefs opted out also oh, the, doctor. the the
2: uh yeah the the guard
1: yeah the guard yeah, yeah. yes yeah, i know what you're talking about um, yeah so i mean these are significant players starters in the league that are opting out and um i wouldn't be surprised if more follows suit oh, yeah. the, the closest mm-hmm. closer it, it gets but um the season is definitely going to be different, and not just because there's not going to be fans and stuff, but some maybe some of your favorite players aren't going to be on the field as well. Um, and if that's the decision they make, you know, more power to them. I understand if, if your health is, is more important and you have some concerns, go for it. Uh, as far as the salary cap and, and those issues, I think if you want an extension, sign it now. Because if it goes down next year, especially if you're a running back and you're hoping for I mean, Aaron Jones is is in his contract here. I think Alvin Kamara. There's a couple other running backs. I think uh, Derrick Henry would have been, but he's got the um, franchise tag, et cetera, et cetera. So if you if you want a deal, I think now is the time to do it while uh, the the salary cap is supposedly going to stay flat. Because if it goes down, all of a sudden you're you're wanting whatever 15 million a year. Maybe the no teams aren't going to have that much money to to spend on a running back. So. If you got an opportunity to re-sign, I think you do it now. So I think a, a lot of a lot of guys are going to end up re-signing short-term deals with their own teams, um, and sort of take hometown-ish discounts because of the unpredictability
0: of the future, and just ride it out and see what happens after everything's sort of blown over. Yeah, if there's any possibility of the the cap going down, I think we see a lot of one-year deals like that. But Derrick Henry actually signed a four-year, fifty million-dollar deal, so he's, oh, yeah, he's yeah. got his money locked in. Um, but yeah the running back position especially man i mean aaron jones figure that out buddy because yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. And not only do you have competition in your backfield now on a contract year but uh, if the salary cap goes down on top of that like what's the stop you know if aj dylan uh comes in and balls out like w- there's no leverage there for aaron jones anymore so um you know i don't know lots lots of question marks with the salary cap um I have a feeling it won't go down, and it won't impact things as much as we think, but we may not see it continue to rise, which is the uh, precedent and the expectation that teams have probably mm-hmm. been planning for in the, in the future, because um, it's been consistently going up. And I mean, we may see that come to a stop, but I, I have a feeling it's not going to decrease substantially.
2: It was supposed to jump like 30 or $40 million in the next two years, which is a huge amount. So a lot of teams kind of, like you said, planned around that and kind of backloaded a lot of deals. But essentially, I don't think, I kind of agree with you, I don't think it would be affected too much, but it's not going to go up. It'll, it'll stay the same. So it might not seem like a big deal to the average person, but to the teams that have deferred deals uh, for the last year's PL contracts, then there's going to be some uh, sticky situations coming
0: up. Yeah, hopefully, like within the Cowboys locker room and and their front (laughs) office. We'll see. Um, Let's talk about Alex Smith a little bit. You know, he is officially cleared, which is phenomenal news and really amazing to see after what happened to him and the injury that he went to. One of the most gruesome injuries, I think, potentially in NFL history. Um, And it's inspiring to see that he could potentially be playing again. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I. I mean,
2: the fact, he's alive, to be honest, is awesome. I mean, well, and that he still has his leg. They no, were, they were leg. yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there were the amputation. That, yeah, and the fact that he's even cleared is huge. Uh, unfortunately, he's stuck in Washington, where I don't think he's going to be uh, the starter, especially with how things are changing there. i like to see him get traded uh, to a contender, even as a backup, a member of the team that he have a better chance to play. Either way, I want to see him on the field one more time on team that's not located in Washington, D.C.
1: Yeah, I, I would be scared to watch him, but if if he's got the all-clear, then I guess the doctors feel like his leg is strong enough to, to take a hit and and play. So uh, if that's what's in his heart, I understand it's hard to, to hang up the cleats. So if he wants to keep going, go for it. I think maybe uh, the Chargers might be a good spot for him. Go mentor Herbert or start instead of Tyrod Taylor and, and sort of... Uh, help herbert come along he did the same thing with Mahomes and did a really good job mm-hmm. so i think that might be a good landing landing spot for for alex smith get some get some starts in there and um, play with a pretty competitive team like the chargers have a pretty solid roster overall yeah. they're just missing a quarterback
2: yeah we yeah. I mean, haven't seen him play in a year and a half <clears throat> plus but he's not a bad quarterback no I mean, he's not spectacular but he's only throw that seven yard pass complete every time
0: you know this might be a hot take a little bit it may not be I don't I don't know but I think Alex Smith is a quality starter in this league you know whether he comes back and plays at the same level I'm not I'm Mm -hmm. not sure that he will and I think it might mostly be mental you know when you go through something like this there's that voice in the back of your head and um, the quarterback position I would say a large portion of it is mental and you see, players who tear their ACL or, or get injured in in certain ways have different tendencies when they come back from those injuries. And, and coming back from something like this, where you almost lost everything beyond just the sport of, of football, you know, mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. there's a, there was a lot more on the line with this injury. I could see I could see there being an adjustment, and you know, I, I I'm I'm hesitant to say he can come back and start in this league, and I'm I'm not sure that I'm yeah. not sure that uh, he will, but. I also think he's better than he's he's in the top 20 quarterbacks I think in the league one healthy yeah 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 for sure
2: and a uh, worthy thing to note that it was his his own surgical team that cleared him which is usually if it's a player's like independent doctor usually they're the more cautious ones and if they're giving him the uh green light that's huge like that means he's actually for the most part good to go.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to to monitor. Mm-hmm. I would still be scared to watch him, but oh yes, oh, I'll watch yeah. him if he plays. I'll I'll for sure make sure Amen. to be on Red Zone and uh, go check him out. I-
2: I'm yeah. one of those guys who believe if uh, Alex Smith has started the Super Bowl for Niners or Colin Kaepernick, that they would have won. But that's a different debate for a different day.
1: Yeah, but he's got that killer comeback against the Saints. That's like one of my all time favorite. Oh, great game! Games. I was
2: there. I was there. That was probably the best game oh. I've seen in my life. Best sporting yeah. event game i've seen in my life by far
1: that was a good one. Oh yeah the catch number three catch three
2: the vernon posts yeah
0: mm, nice um speaking of catching footballs uh let's dive into our top five receivers and why we have them ranked where we do i'm assuming there's going to be some consistent names across all of our lists as well as i'm guessing durgan probably has some weird ones that nobody no, would normally i'm good pick, <laughs> but. i'm oh, good no? casey's okay. crazy
2: one here for a change we got we got something good here Casey's well, the crazy uh, one. I'm okay. ready to
0: roll, man. <laughs> well, let's let's uh let's start things off then and, and uh well if I don't know who wants to start it. I'm curious what Casey's crazy picks are now, but uh
1: I can start off. Yeah, I can start yeah, off yeah, if yeah, you want to start spicy. All right, number one, I got Julio Jones, and I don't think there's anyone very close to him. Uh, through his first eight seasons, he has more yards and catches than Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens. So he's on a pace where he's going to be the greatest ever. Does he get a, is he going to have the longevity that Jerry Rice is going to have? That's the big question because Jerry Rice has every volume stat in the world because he played until he was like 67 or something and then <laughs> decided to retire. Uh, but Julio Jones has the most yards per game average ever at this point in his career. Uh, last five years, he's averaging over 100 yards a game. So 103.8 yards per game julio jones is responsible for and there's two players since 1989 to have over 300 yards in a game it's julio jones and calvin johnson and that's it um that's pretty good company to be in he's got 15 games with over 150 yards receiving it's just there's a clear tier for me and it's julio jones and then everybody else so that's not the spicy take but i'll move on to number two here which may be the spicy take so when you talk about a receiver, what do you value the most? Do you value points? Do you value separation? Do you value uh, the amount of yards they can get you? Um, let me ask you guys some questions. I see where you know? this is going. This is Dr. Inwell. Let not me ask and well. you some questions. <laughs> and well, Let me ask you some questions. So here we go. Who do you think, out of these guys, gets the more most amount of yards per route run? Do you think it's... DeAndre Hopkins? Do you think it's Keenan Allen? Do you think it's Odell Beckham Jr. or Devonte Adams?
0: I mean, I already know. I just yeah. based on context, the I know what the answer I'm not, is. is to Devonte I'm not, Adams?
1: I'm not who who do you think gets the most separation out of these receivers? Okay, Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham Jr. It's Devonte Adams. Oh, he nice gets God. more yards per route. He creates more separation on his routes. The quarterback rating when targeting him. 105 in the last two years he has more yards per game at 88.3 he has more yards per game than obj more yards per game than keenan allen and he is even with deandre hopkins he has 50 touchdowns in 94 games there's an 80 percent success rate against man coverage when he's facing man press he has the number one pff grade over the last two years in the red zone he has the number one pff grade on third and fourth down the last two seasons And since 2016, he has over 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Only receiver in the league to have that. Since 2017, only two receivers have 3,000 receiving yards and 28 touchdowns. It's Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Clearly, he's among the elite. He's clutch. He has the most yards per route run. He creates the most separation. And he scores points.
2: What more do you want from a receiver? I don't know. I know. I know. Be healthy, and a thousand yards receiving years of which Adams has only had one. One one thousand receiving yards. Also, twelve drops last two years of any player we're gonna mention. Second most. Yeah, and he's missed a thousand
1: yards by like three yards and five yards. Two of those years still counts. So, I mean, also also
2: is Aaron okay. Rodgers playing the ball.
0: Uh, some I don't know of that those years. that holds weight. Huntley. Well, yeah, and also I don't know that the Aaron Rodgers thing holds weight anymore. Like. I mean, he, did you watch better, him throw
2: him the ball last year? He's better than a, some of the guys were in a list to their quarterbacks. I mean, Philip
1: Rivers was throwing to Keenan Allen. Uh, Rogers, you think Deshaun, Rogers, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Do you think Deshaun Watson's pretty good well, throwing to uh, DeAndre Hopkins?
2: We'll, we'll explain Hopkins later.
1: But do you think Drew Brees is pretty good throwing to Michael Thomas? Well, yeah, All these I'm, receivers have pretty good quarterbacks, and clearly he has the stats and the separation and everything that you want from a receiver. He's at the top. And to have him not in your top five, I think is ridiculous. You might be able to argue number two, but oh, he, no, he's, he's beating all these receivers, all these is, receivers that I just
2: le- listed. He's being he's better than them. He's creating more how? separation. How is he better than them? He has no stats to prove that. There's no. Stats I just to... listed like Whoa, twenty stats. yards yards per separation. I don't care about separation. Yeah. Can you catch the ball and run with it? Can you catch the ball and get yards? Yes. has Touchdowns. Score. ball Touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, uh, that that, right. that that's why he's a at. I'll give you that. He's elite at that. That's why he's in my top 10, because red zone ability, and at the end of the day, that's what's a important thing, scoring touchdowns. But you can't with a straight face tell me he is a better receiver than Hopkins or Thomas. Yeah, Other ones... I, oh gosh. <laughs> See, what, so, I, I think the top three <clears throat> are what I just mentioned. Well, Jones, Hopkins, and uh, uh, Thomas. We'll talk about that later. And then four through 10, it's like, okay, it's that. that's the debate. But Hopkins at two is... That I I make a lot you of bad mean takes. Adams, I, Devontae I, right. Adams at Ad, two? Adams. Adams Adams two. I make a lot of bad takes, but that is the worst take we've uh, heard the show.
0: I, I don't I don't know what to tell you, dude. If, what um, do you want from a receiver? I, I'm gonna chime in here. I'm gonna say it's not the worst take, but two is a little aggressive. Very aggressive. Two is a l- two is a little aggressive. But he okay. Just for reference, I have, I'm not gonna dive into my rankings yet, but he is in my top five, so he's up there. But. If the if the stats matched the advanced stats, he would easily be two. They just don't at the moment. Yes. But he's definitely top tier, and I think he might be the best route runner out of all the top five receivers. So anyway, w- w- he's a great receiver. He's elite. <laughs> yes. He's a number one legit receiver. He, he has had some health issues. I mean, he almost broke a th- He would have broke a thousand yards last season if he didn't miss four games. I think he was like three I mean, yards shy. Yeah, so, he's missed
1: seven games, and four of them were last year because he had turf toe like yeah. uh,
0: that's one year
1: uh, as far as injury goes. And I like I, it, if you want a receiver, right? What do you want them to be able to do? If they they anyone can find a hole in zone coverage and sit there. You the or ball. I could do that. Yeah? Okay, he, he catches the ball. Like I, I I don't understand where where is that your only criticism? Cuz a lot of these guys can't get open like he can. Well, they don't get as many if he's not catching the ball, he's not getting the yards per route average that he is.
2: Right? If he's not catching the ball, he's not catching the touchdowns. My criticisms are yards, drops, missing games, and catch percentage. 65%. You look at Hopkins, much higher than that. I'll say that for my argument. But Hopkins... Yeah, I, I, I have no argument and, that Hopkins has the and best also, hands in the league right now. Also, you say you know he separates. When you're a receiver like Hopkins, you don't need a separate because you catch anything in your area. So the whole like, separation sure. thing... Separation helps, obviously. Like you can't say, like, "Oh yeah, I don't care about separation." Like that's not true. Like that's a very important stat, and that's why Adams is a hell of a receiver. But you still have to be able to catch the ball and get yards.
1: Yeah, on on a very low percentage throw. It's got to take a really good pass from the quarterback, and it's got to take a really good play by the receiver. Yeah, who would you rather have? A guy that can get separation, or a guy that can't get separation?
2: Guy catch the ball. I don't care if you get separation that or not. That was
1: that wasn't my question. The guy I that mean, can get separation, or the guy that can't get separation. So who you would you can, rather have?
2: So if you can separate and you don't catch the ball, then who cares? I'm not. That's not what I'm asking. Who would you well, rather have? A guy that can well, that, separate, that's a, or a guy that can't separate? That's a that's a fake news question because you're forming it to your own opinion <laughs> and forming it to support your own data. When well, reality, we all know it makes the, no no the answer is
1: you want someone that can separate on their routes, and that's what Devonte Adams can do. All right, twelve drops in six years is not a whole lot. No, no, no hell, two years, lot. two years, last two years. I didn't see that stat, but for say, it, I'll, um, I'll, I'll I'll take your your word for it. Twelve drops in the last two years, uh, you know, it's something he needs to work on. Sure, yeah. but uh, like I said, create separation. He has. He's even considering his twelve drops. He's still catching more yards per route run. Than
0: all the other big big time receivers. I'll move on for the rest of my list, though. You know, I'll, you're I'll go a little uh, faster. I want to chime in one thing. You know, you're an Eagles fan when twelve drops sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, it Casey. Does. Give us give Anyways. us three through five.
1: Uh, Mike Evans at number three. Um, one of only four players to average more than eighty five yards per game in twenty nineteen. Um, he's the only receiver aside from Randy Moss to start a career with five straight one thousand yard seasons. And uh, he's consistently dominant on the sideline. Um, he's not going to win a ton over the middle. He doesn't have that sort of breakaway speed and separation that y- you would love to see. But if you're going to throw a jump ball to, to someone on the sideline, especially if you're Jameis Winston and you're just going to wing it up there, uh, Mike Evans is is probably one of the best to do it with. Um, number four, I have DeAndre Hopkins. Um, here are my notes. Some of the best hands in the league. Do you like that, Durgan? That, that's he that's has, right. That's he, right.
2: He, here's a fun stat for you. No drops since
1: 2018. That's
2: pretty good, right? Well, I have six drops according to my calculations, but still. Really. I, I looked on pro football reference. I did too. They had, they oh, really? Huh. Uh, well, scroll down. Advanced receiving and rushing. That's where I look at.
1: Okay. Well, he he had 110 or more catches and zero drops, and that's never happened. He's the only one that to be able to do that during a season. Um, and he's a contested catch master, sort of like you said. like He's, he's not going to scare people with his speed. Uh, I saw a stat where he's ranked like 40th as far as the cushion that DBs give him, so they play pretty close because they're not worried about him beating them deep, but he's incredibly physical, he'll attack the ball in the air, and he's really good at winning those contested catches. And then last I have Michael Thomas, Um, insane year, 149 receptions, 1700 yards, 550 yards after the catch. really good at what he does. He runs slants really well. He runs really good underneath shallow drags, uh, 82.1% catch rate. Um, so he catches over 80% of the balls thrown at him, whether they're catchable or, or, or not. If, if he's targeted, he's catching 82% of them. Uh, and the next closest was Edelman at 65.4%. So um, another guy that attacks the ball in the air, does a really good job, uh, just doesn't have as diverse of a route tree as I think some of the other guys do
2: there's my five i mean besides the adams thing i i that's good i agree with it
0: yeah nice same same i actually uh, agree with the adams thing too just not at number two then I mean, you'll see when we dive into mine durgan you want to you want to start it
2: yeah i'll i'll do it uh we did say number one i have Leo jones number one uh he is 31 so i think his peak is uh slowly ending because he's he's a guy who relies a lot on his athletic ability i mean he's a monster he I means the closest thing to Calvin Johnson we have in the league in terms of just being bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else. Uh, he's averaged over 1500 yards past three years, which is crazy. For some reason has never been able to be a big touchdown producer. And there's no science. There's no stats to really explain why that is. Uh, it might be poor play calling from the uh, Falcons. Who knows? But Julio Jones uh, to me is the best. Because he can do it all. Also, he's most athletic. And also, to solidify, uh, support, <clears throat> his number one, uh, PFF for Football Focus has him as the top receiver coming into this year based on their stats. Which I don't agree with them on everything, but that just helps me sound smarter. Number two, I got my guy, DeAndre Hopkins. Best hands in the league. He's not fast, but he's quick. You he can get off the line quickly. Strong hands, works a slot. Works the boundary, doesn't make a difference. Doesn't need separation because he'll just bully his way to get the ball. He's had Sean uh, Watson the last few years, which definitely helps. Goes to Kyler Murray. I think they will also help him. But I think he's going to get a lot more attention now on this Cardinals team uh, based on the fact that the other receivers they have are not proven, besides Larry like Fitzgerald, who is older than Dirt. So I'm interested to see how he does with the new team. At number three... I got Michael Thomas. I don't really like Michael Thomas that much, to be honest. I think he complains too much, and he thinks he's a lot better than he actually is. But he's elite at that slant route. Uh, He gets 1,000 yards every year he's been in the career, and it has only gotten better every year. So you can't you know trip on that. Also, only nine drops going to my, uh, what I'm looking at. I don't know if that's true or not, obviously. But nine drops, so he is a strong hands. But he's not a game changer. He's not the Hopkins, the Julio Jones that, any play they take it to the house never know I think if there's anything like a system receiver he's it people call Brady a system quarterback not true but Zach Thomas is a system receiver
1: I mean, it's okay to be a system yeah. player too. Oh, great. Like if you're really good and you're in the right, just like Tanehill. Like, no one's yeah. saying Tanehill is a bad player just because he all of a sudden is doing really well in a system. It's mm-hmm. the coach's job to to find yeah. their strengths oh. and put them in the right system. So, 100% I don't agree. think that should be as much of a, like you it's, said, like it shouldn't be that big of a knock. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's not, it's not a detriment, but I'm just saying in terms of the guys ahead of him who can thrive in any system, yeah, you can
1: put them in anywhere and exactly. let them go. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Uh, four is the one I guess is my Biggest hot take. I got Keenan Allen at four. I think he's really sure-handed. The last three years he's been healthy. Before that, he was hurt every single season, besides his rookie year. So it's kind of tough to determine beforehand. But averaging 1,200, 600, no, t- excuse me, 1,200 yards past two, se- past three seasons, and had 1,200 yards just under that last year, six touchdowns, and last year had to deal with Phillip Rivers, who was the worst quarterback throwing deep per NFL next-gen stats like it was terrible how bad he was at throwing deep and Keenan Allen's guy likes to run deep routes so I think that kind mm. of limited his uh growth he can have also he has Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert now so might not help yeah. out too well and, and he uh, has 11 drops in the last two years which yeah, is yeah that's, that's
1: still less than uh, Adams though so I know but you said he was sure-handed so if Keenan Allen's sure-handed then
2: Devontae Adams probably is check, out, check out the percentage though check out that catch percentage the catch percentage i don't see a catch percentage i uh, see so looking at wrong stats again <laughs> i'm looking right here drops four four in 2018 seven in 2019 right. i i will i will find that as i explain my next guy i'm gonna do some multitasking <laughs> here actually i'm gonna give a shout out to the guy i literally ktf20's pick one do the next two and this guy i didn't pick but i give a shout out obj who okay. is the biggest superstar non-quarterback in the league You see him on billboards. You see him on commercials. He has most Instagram followers, most Twitter followers for a football player in the entire league besides JJ Watt for Twitter. And it's pretty crazy that he gets this constantly crapped on by the media. And people think he's a bad teammate. He's a bad guy. He can play. His first three years, he was incredible. Then broke his leg. Then had Eli Manning in his last year. And then last year in Cleveland, he got Cleveland. It happens. But he's a guy (laughs) I would rank six. I'm not going to get two too in deep because he's on a top five officially, but you got to put some respect on OBJ's name. And then at five, Mike Evans, like you said, uh, I mean, echoing everything you said essentially, but he's the guy who's best at 50 50 balls because at any 50 50 ball becomes an 80 20 ball in his favor. He's big, he's physical, he can get up. He's like Jimmy Graham at a receiver in his prime, like a basketball player boxing out, going up, getting that rebound. Also, he's had to deal with Jameis, which is good and bad, because the fact that they're always losing makes it that they're always throwing it. But then he also True. has Jameis Winston throwing to him, and he can't complete anything to his own team, essentially. So that's kind of, uh, I think, him with Brady, I'm not sure if he'll be any better, because I think they'll have less passing chances. But the ball is going to go to him at a better location, For him to catch the ball with his hands and not have to fight off three guys to jump over them. Sure,
1: I agree. I don't know if I'm up on that OBJ hype anymore. Three years ago, maybe, but uh, he needs to produce more consistently in spite of his quarterback play and the system that he's in. Like you were talking about. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta. If you're a top five guy, I think you gotta be able to plug in in almost anywhere and get things done.
2: Um, Otherwise, you're fringe for me. Side note, I found this that I was talking about. It's catch percentage, which is receptions, divided by targets. Adams is uh last three years been between sixty three and sixty five. Allen went 64, 71, and sixty nine percent. So that means that the balls that are being thrown to him, he's not he's catching. And Adams uh, is doing the same at a lesser rate. I mean how many of the, what percent of those are catchable balls? Do you think you're thinking that Aaron
1: Rodgers 'cause they're targeted doesn't mean it's a catchable ball. So it can be a targeted throwaway. It
2: can be a targeted in the in the ground. So you're saying that Aaron Rodgers is not as accurate as Philip Rivers. That's what that's what it, I got out of that. De- it depends
1: what
0: route is being run. Okay. Interesting. This has been a fun argument. <laughs> um let's let's dive into my rankings a bit i want to i want to start off by saying i feel like both of you are massively disrespecting michael thomas by calling him a system player you don't lead the league in yards and receptions and set a record for receptions in a single season by being a system player michael thomas would work in any offense and it's not his fault that he has a great coach that tailors his offense to his strengths i mean come on like this dude 149 receptions 1700 yards I mean, he led the league in yards after catch as well. You're saying he's a possession receiver. There's no chance. He is an elite receiver. And I have him at number one because he's 27 years old and he has done nothing but produce in uh, his tenure in the NFL so far. And I think just as far as potential goes, he hasn't even necessarily reached the ceiling. So we talk about a player like Julio Jones, absolutely elite, game changer. You know, the one thing Julio Jones has that Michael Thomas doesn't is game-breaking speed. You know, I think he ran like a four three, four three nine, something like that. So that is the only thing I see that he has an advantage over Michael Thomas. But everywhere else, I think Michael Thomas is a better... He, he's a better pass catcher, a better pure pass catcher, in my opinion. Um, that being said, Julio Jones is my number two. You know, he, without a doubt, at least in my lifetime watching football, has been the best receiver in the league consistently. You know, since his rookie season, he basically has the most catches in the league since 2011 other than Antonio Brown, who I don't even know if, are we counting that at this? I don't know, but (laughs) is he, is he retired or not? I don't, I have no idea. He said he might come back back. to being unretired. Yeah. So the one area that Julio Jones lacks in, and I don't even know why it might be a system thing. i you know, he he doesn't consistently get touchdowns and I kind of blame Dan Quinn, to be honest. Like if we saw Julio Jones on the saints, Playing oh in that same scheme, uh, it'd be it'd be over. It'd be he'd, over. For he'd, the have whole a 2000, he'd have a two
2: thousand. He'd have a two thousand yard receiving year at some point. Yeah, yeah.
0: I absolutely love Julio Jones. He's won me some fantasy leagues. He's he's a phenomenal, transcendental. That's not a word. Transcendent talent, and uh, you know the, the Falcons basically proved everybody right when they traded up to go get him. They people were kind of shocked, but he is has been nothing but consistent uh, for the Falcons for the past decade. Third. DeAndre Hopkins might be the best pure pass catcher in the league, just in terms of hands. Um, I am so surprised, disappointed, confused by the Texans. <laughs> we, all let, are. we all you are. You let the best player on your roster go. Why?
1: Cause, cause ba- can, baby mamas, can, yeah, yeah. Baby David mamas. Johnson, David Johnson yeah. is. You know.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> David Johnson, great, the guy who also doesn't ever play. Uh, yeah. Bill O'Brien, if he wasn't already considered a poor GM, now is officially dubbed such. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, it's official now, guys.
2: It's official. Yeah, it's official. O'Brien sucks, sucks at
0: GM. It's official and absurd at the same time so anyway i this was this is it made no sense it was the most surprising move of the offseason in my opinion i didn't see this coming at all and the cardinals especially kyler murray is going to hugely benefit from this and i think it'll help his development a lot so deandre hopkins could be argument could be made that he is the best pure receiver in the league um but right now i have him at number three number four mike evans um this dude is a contested catch machine, and I mean, he's 6'5", runs like a 4'5". Just the way he's built, there isn't many receivers like him. Casey mentioned the Randy Moss stat. It's just him and Randy Moss, I think, in the first six seasons to go 1,000-yard thousand yard, receiver, yard receivers. Michael Thomas will probably join that group um, in the next few years, assuming he stays healthy. But um, Evans, you know, 67 catches, 11, 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns, and you got Jameis Winston throwing you the ball. Doing pretty damn good. I mean doing pretty damn good and chris godwin on the other side too taking up a lot of catches as well mm-hmm. mike evans is a beast man he's an absolute beast and i think with tom brady at the helm that's gonna be scary you just throw it up to him and you know tom brady's better at making decisions than Jameis winston and uh mike evans is gonna have a big season as a result number five casey i told you Devonte adams is in my top five this is God where Devonte right. adams is I know he's only had 1,000-yard receiving season, but if you average out the last four seasons, they all average to 1,000 yards. So he is a 1,000-yard receiver in terms of talent. He is the best pure route runner of the top five, I think, personally. And separation matters, Durgan. You can argue as much as you want that a receiver can should catch the ball without separation. All these receivers that we're talking about in the top five are all elite at getting separation. Even if some are better at contested catches than other, they're all elite at getting separation. Devonte Adams is the best at getting separation out of all of them. So he is in the top five, um, and it's really awesome to see the leaps and bounds that he's taking. Because I remember early on in his career, he was being dubbed potential bust. And yeah. people, people were doubting him, and then he came on and basically silenced the haters. And he's the only weapon that the Packers have had for the past, I don't even know how many years, Casey, has it been? Uh, just like two since randall cobb left and jordy yeah and even when even when jordy was there it was towards the tail end of his career and then randall cobb was always sort of a consistent slot receiver never really a game-breaking threat so yeah yeah um that being said this is a guy who i think has a lot to prove this year as well and we'll see how things progress because the packers offense is going to be changing quite a bit as as casey i'm sure you're well aware of there's a lot a lot of yeah people are saying that it's going to be run heavy and uh i don't know how that's going to affect adams could help him play action could play right into his hands and 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 help him out a lot but if he can stay healthy there's no doubt in my mind devonta adams has top five talent and i think he deserves to be in this spot at number five
1: yeah i i think he at least deserves to be in the conversation for top five because uh, if you look at the receivers that are after this, I mean, who do you who do you think about? Maybe Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill you talked about Odell Godwin, be- Odell Beckham Jr., Godwin, um, and then I don't I don't know who else you're you're really looking at. And then to me, yeah, yeah. Devontae Adams clearly is a, a, a step above those three or four guys that are in the next tier down. I can I can understand being mad at him at number two, but I, I think he clearly deserves to be top five i do have an issue with cyrus having michael thomas at number one but he <laughs> he assuaged my anger with the praise for Devonte adams so uh, i won't uh, rail him too much on it but i I, th- I think julio jones is just on another level that michael thomas is not at yet
2: yeah, i got no problem with Devonte adams at five because i said that four to ten you can put anybody there and you make a solid argument is the adams at two that hurts my soul uh, I'm just glad none of us had Tyree killed in the top five, because, one, he's a piece of shit, <laughs> two, he is so, he is the, he's Michael Thomas of the Chiefs, but even, like, more a system receiver, where it's like, oh, you can't run routes, okay, you have a four two speed, run deep, oh, you have Patrick Mahomes, who throws 80 yards, flick the wrist, perfect. Oh, you yeah. a slant.
0: Well, but at the same time, I mean, he's probably the best deep threat receiver that we may have oh, ever, he ever seen. I mean. I, I don't know if I can even think. Maybe Randy Moss would that. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean D-
1: Deshaun Jackson converts deep throws better than anyone in like league history. Yeah, I saw a stat a while ago, but he's
0: hasn't been healthy for a few years. So
2: yeah, ever. Yeah,
0: so I think in terms of the top tier ech- echelon deep threats, Tyreek Hill is, is oh, right, right one now too. Yeah, yeah, and but there's nobody the as fast as him. So. Yeah. Can catch. I, I might. I mean, I might honestly have him six or seven on my list. To be on. To be honest, with, he but is seven on mine. He's seven on your top ten.
2: He's, he's ahead of uh, Adams. God <laughs> damn it! You're gonna rile me up all over again. Game breaking. <laughs> oh, man. You gotta be a game breaking receiver. That's what Adam. That's what Hill is. Adams had better hands, but more uh, success in the past.
0: Yeah, but fourth and fourth and ten. You know, you got one play on the line. Win the Super Bowl. I want. I yeah, want to throw the ball to Devontae. Go Adams. deep. Yeah. No, no. Oh, no. oh. I oh. want to throw the ball to Devonte <laughs> Adams. I don't want to take a deep shot to Tyreek Hill. I mean,
1: or... we saw what a deep shot looks like in
2: the Super Bowl, and it doesn't go very well when you need it. Well, it did actually because Hill went deep and got a big catch. No, I'm talking about the 49ers. I know, but that, Sanders, your own, your own joke backfired on you because Hill <laughs> got a 35, 40 yard catch at, at no, the end of the game. But that,
1: that wasn't
2: uh, a game
1: winning uh, drive on third down. Yeah, it was.
2: It was a game winning no, drive.
1: They, they scored no, that wasn't. drive, and they won the game. They didn't need to though. Like that wasn't like the that wasn't fourth quarter. Yeah, it third was down. I'm going deep. This is my last chance. Oh, no, I don't think well, like it was for the 49ers. All well, right, you guys. Not true, maybe Niners maybe we. Uh, will we still be a, arguing by
0: next episode. Yeah. You can just tune in. We'll have a live stream. <laughs> yeah, 29, 29. Be 24 hours. Subscribe to our Patreon. It'll just be a boxing match between <laughs> Duran and Casey um we'll set up a sparring ring that'll be fun let's wrap things up there though this has been episode 49 of the weekly spiral thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with us we greatly appreciate it check us out dot you can find all the latest and greatest in content as well as our social handles um do you guys have anything coming up that you want to let the listeners know is coming up
1: uh speaking about sort of keenan allen and Philip Rivers, I uh, took a, a little dive and looked at how uh, Philip Rivers is going to fit in Frank Reich's offense in Indianapolis. They worked together in L.A. slash San Diego, uh, and now they're reunited. So, if you're interested in his prospects with the Colts, go take a peek at that. That'll be out when you're listening to this episode
2: on YouTube.com/slash Weekly Spiral. Awesome. Durgan, anything uh, coming down the pipe? I looked at it today. We're almost at a thousand uh, subscribers on YouTube. So yep. that's awesome. By this point next week, I think we'll be there. But I got a blog post on Gregory Rousseau, the defensive end from the University of Miami, who had 15 and a half sacks last year as a freshman. Richard. Nice.
1: Thing. Was that Italian? I don't know what, what accent were you uh, going for there.
2: Uh, French. French. Okay. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. You no, missed I'm the mark a little bit. Okay. <laughs> 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 I've, I've never been to France, so I'm not too good at their accents.
0: It's it's all good. It's all good. We forgive you. Oh, uh, uh, we we. This- has been a weekly spiral production bringing you fresh football every week thank you again for tuning in to episode 49 we hope whatever you get up to the rest of the day it is awesome and we look forward to seeing you all again for episode 50.